Hello, Archetypal Tarot Podcast listeners. This is your host, Sundara Quackenbush, and I have the pleasure of welcoming today Giovanni Washington, PhD, with her brand new deck, The Black Goddess Within Oracle. And the art is by Marla Warner. And I'm just so excited about this deck. It came in the mail the other day. I've had a chance to spend some time with it. So I want to warmly, warmly, warmly welcome you here, Giovanni, uh, to talk about your deck. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited <laughs> to be to here. Welcome, welcome to, Sandera. Welcome to. Let's bring them in. Uh, so I love to get started with origin stories. So a little bit, you don't have to talk, you know, introduce yourself, your whole life history or anything like that, but I would love to hear the origination of this deck and how it came about and and how it interferes is part of your story sure sure well i was born on march 31st 1975 <laughs> i'm just joking <laughs> i mean i was born there but i won't start there um you left it open i had to take it uh the deck there's a few things that happened that really uh contributed to the the crystallization of this deck which was let's see in 2014 the um the ferguson what we call the ferguson debacle there was a young man a young teenage black boy who was killed in ferguson missouri and then the four police were acquitted and on that the day that the acquittal came down and we're just going to dive right in right the day that the acquittal come down uh, i was meeting i was in a pro i was facilitating a program for black women and we were meeting on that day and, you know, I don't really remember the conversation that happened, but I, I was clear that we were all incensed and we left with a clear call to change the way the world saw the black body. Okay, so that's the first point. Yeah. Um, at the time, my child, my black male child was five years old. So it was it was very um, salient, you know, like we were feeling this deeply. It was all of our child that was killed and then, the you know, the police were acquitted. Um, I also... What was that in 2014? So I, I have some, maybe a few years earlier, I'd gotten really into Oracle decks and it took maybe a couple of years before I realized I was really only using the sacred geometry deck and maybe one other. And it was principally because I was frustrated with the lack of being reflected. There was no representation or very little African representation or black bodied rep representation in the decks. So that's the second point. And then the third point was when I actually found an Afro-Cuban Orisha tarot deck. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get to see myself reflected. And the first card I pulled was Oshun, and she was white, like glow-in-the-dark white, you know? And I said, okay, this, we're going to, all of these things. I mean, it, I didn't consciously say, I didn't say, oh, let's, I didn't start off saying, let's make a deck. It was these three events that said, okay, because we're working with the goddess, because we really care about black bodied people, because we want to see ourselves um, represented, because we want to make the world safer for black people and we want to change the way that people think about the black body, let's create this Oracle deck. And so in 2016, I put out a call, six women showed up. We did some personal work and personal development really over the space of a weekend. And we ended in uh, with the photo shoot. And then the photo shoot, I, I knew I wanted to use, you know, real women, not models. And uh, then the photo, we use photo, um, what do you call it? Photoshop to stitch these women who were, you know, meeting their, their uh, this goddesses from Africa, stitch them into their power vortices from the different geographies of Africa. And so that was the first deck that came out in 2016, 13 card deck. Oh, I don't know if you've seen it. I can show it to you. 
show you a few of the cards. So this is Asasaya from Ghana. She's Earth Mother, Earth Mother Goddess. This is Andromeda, who many people think is um, Greek, but she's not. She's Ethiopian. Mamiwata, you'll find all up and down the African Atlantic coast. Ma'at from Egypt, many people have heard of her. Abrewa, again, from Ghana. It was really interesting. We couldn't find any representations of Abrewa that wasn't, we saw a mask, but there were no like paintings or other kind of visual art of her. Oya, also very well known in the spiritual spaces. She's from the Yorba Pantheon. I think that, oh, uh, yeah, that's it. Well, there's one more. And then there's the final one, which is Califia, who is not an African goddess, but she is a black goddess. And she was sort of our matron goddess of this project. There's a, that's a whole other story. I'll tell you another day. But I was really intrigued by Califia. So that was our first deck. And there's some other cards that are, we called like concept cards, highlighting the geographies and the histories of Africa. Um, but I, I was, it was really important to me. I don't think at that time I was trying to make an intervention in the tarot and Oracle space. I was just trying to do something that made me feel better. And then later realize that, oh, this actually is a political intervention. That's very important and has a lot of, um, meaning and resonance in the world. Uh, and people kept asking me, well, when's the next deck? When's the next deck? When's the next deck? And I was like, I, I don't know. It took everything out of me to do that first deck. You know, it took me, it took some years. So it took almost eight years before we got, well, two years ago, we started working on the deck. So maybe six years between publishing the first one and starting the second one. Wow. And and the specificity of the Black goddess within, it's it's not just from Africa. This is this is talking about the whole diaspora. I mean, originating in Africa, but from different- Interestingly, I mean, I took license with Califia, but in the in the second deck, the, the Hay House deck, uh -huh. um, these are all goddesses from the continent of Africa. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah. And I, I say that I do think it's diasporic um, in terms of the way that I relate to the deck, because when, you know, when I do my genealogy, I come from like 17 countries in Africa, you know, and that means an Orisha deck doesn't represent the totality of who I am or an Egyptian deck doesn't represent the totality of who I am. This deck represents a lot of the countries that I come from. Right. So it's diasporic in that way, in that it, it represents my my various points of origin. It's not diasporic in the sense of um, the way that these religions spread into the world through the transatlantic trade of enslaved Africans. Got it. Thank you for clarifying that. Sure. And so this deck has these incredible women that are enlivened. They're they're so embodied in these pictures and so you went through a particular process i believe with the photographer or how did you work with your photographer to bring the goddess alive in conjunction with these real women who were photographed for these images so the goddesses the, the women who met the goddesses and i we worked together for about three months um for the second deck before we took the pictures and we were doing we we're meeting weekly we were um, looking actually working with the first deck the goddesses in the first deck and their stories and it's really about how do you integrate and activate this ancient wisdom into your contemporary life and how do you activate the goddess and the goddess qualities that already live inside of you because I, I do believe that this is this these archetypes are not actually beyond us, right? They're not these things that we're aspiring to. We can live these, um, yeah. this magic, right? Like it's it's in us. We can we can tap into it. It's not this thing that's inaccessible. I'm all about access. It's not this thing that's inaccessible. And um, we we had like you know wardrobe consultations. We had hair and makeup consultations because it really was about 
I use the verb meeting, like they were meeting the goddess versus portrayed, portraying the goddess or embodying. I mean, they did embody the goddess. There's another verb that people like to say. And it's like this, this wasn't an act, right? This wasn't something that people were performing. They were really tapped into that energy or those energies and those myths and those stories. Um, and, you know, we have creator goddesses and water goddesses and harvest goddesses and warrior goddesses. Some of those goddesses are all of those things. Um, and the the women really tapped into, you know, they really reached across, back across the the Atlantic and connected to these lost histories. And so then we had a photographer come in on the day of the photo shoot. We, you know, we did hair and makeup, you know, the very like sort of mundane things that you have to do when you're trying to create a look, right? Hair, makeup, wardrobe. We took the pictures and then the pictures went to our graphic designer, who was Marla Warner of Rebel House Studios. And she actually is in Canada. Uh, in Toronto. I've never met her in person. That's the wild part about all this. We've only, we've only, we've, we've talked a lot, but I've never met her in person. Um, and we worked together for uh, five months, maybe. Uh, sometimes I was developing the wisdom that was going to be in the deck accompanied with the goddess card. Sometimes the, you know, the image came first. Sometimes I would have an idea that she would run with. And sometimes she came with the idea, you know, so it was really collaborative uh, but we were clear, you know, once we did the first, I don't know, maybe three or four cards, the aesthetic became clear because just like in the, in the writing of the guidebook, the, the goddesses started to talk to each other. Like the, the stories take on a life of their own. Like the story, there's a story that I wanted to write. And then there's a story that wanted to be written. And so I needed to get out of the way and let the stories, you know, let the goddesses tell their stories and the wisdom, the way that they wanted to do. And I feel like the same thing happened with the with the images. It was like, oh, this is definitely like, sure, there's our ego and there's our desire. And then there's also like, it's not really about us. It really is all about these goddesses saying, okay, we have chosen to be in this deck. Cause there were some instances where the goddess didn't make it into the deck. Oh, and I should say that differently. I believe the goddess um, intentionally remain obscured, right? Like I couldn't get enough information or I couldn't find an image or, or in some cases it turned out to be a God and not a goddess. Cause there's a lot of bad information on the internet, right? Um, so there were, there was this, it was definitely iterative and it was, you know, we spent a lot of time together. So, I mean, at one point we we're speaking, you know, every day for hours. Um, and it was about making sure that the woman, the goddess, the words and the image were all in one accord and then doing that 44 times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't nothing. <laughs> of course. It wasn't nothing. Yeah, and um, and for some of our video vis video watchers, I just love the result. I mean, these. If you want, I can pull up the. I can share my screen and pull up the images here. You can see them a little better. Yeah, sure. Would that be um, helpful? Yeah, we'll try and keep our audio listeners engaged. But here we okay. are. Yeah, no problem. But um, I just love the all the you know the different body types and the different complexions and the different ways that these women show up. Um, I, you know, I, I connected so much with this one here, Mumbi. I think I'm saying her name right, but. I love Mumbi. Mumbi is just, you know, big breasted, arms outstretched, just, um, she's a, I was reading about her as a, a matriarchal character and. That's right. And... Let me share, let me, uh, well, for your people who are watching, here's the, uh, that's not it. Well, that didn't work the way it was supposed to work. It's coming. Never mind. Just kidding. It wasn't working. It wasn't coming. You got to buy the deck to check. Yeah, out. you do. 
<laughs> and they do, you know, I've seen them, you know, on the screen and I've seen them in person. And it's just it's so rich to touch the cards and interact with. Agreed. Them. Agreed. Uh, so that's uh, definitely a, a necessity. And so, it was important for us to reflect the different sizes, the different skin uh, colors, the different hair types, the different heights, the different sexualities. We've got some chronic illness. We've got some disabilities. You know, like there was really, I feel like, I guess one of the interventions I'm trying to make is to underscore that blackness is not a monolith. Like we are not all the same. We don't think the same. We don't look the same. We don't eat the same. You know, um, right. we have some commonalities, certainly, but we're, there's also a lot of diversity in Africa. And you will also find that in the African diaspora. Right. Absolutely. And um, I, I, my personal connection to the deck is to feel mm. uh, a love of the body. You mm. know? Uh, I'm a larger size person. So um, just connecting with, Mumby was just, you know, I felt cared for. Like I could, I could love my own body. Oh, I love that. I'm going to tell her. Do you mind if I tell her? Please, 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 please. I and, love that. Um, and, you know, that representation as well is is not out there everywhere. Um, it's and it's so goddess and it, it needs to be more. We need more and more and more of that. So thank you for uh, doing this collaboration and bringing her forward and so many others. And um, so in the beginning of your book, you talk about who this deck is for. Yeah. Can you, can you tell us about that? Who is this deck for? Absolutely. I say that the deck is for everybody in every body. And what I mean by that is um, I think that there's healing available for literally anyone who picks up the deck. I think the healing will be different. You know, I think for Black folks, it's about seeing themselves. It's about the power of representation. It's about reaching across the 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 pain and the rupture of the middle passage and going back to Africa and getting these these um I will say specific points in Africa and getting these uh, getting the lost histories and really coming to understand that um uh, for much of the world, well, you know, if you Google image of God, oh 75% of the results are white male. And what that does is it makes you question the sacredness of your own body, right? And the power, that's the power potential of your own body. And when you begin to see that deities can also look like your body, which by the way is the global majority, right? Most right. people in the world are not white male, right? right? Um, I think that there's a whole sort of reversal of um, colonialism. It's a, de it's a decolonizing thing that happens in your head and you are decolonizing beauty. You're decolonizing, um, uh, yeah, we'll decolonize the beauty full stop. I'll, I'll say, I'll stop there. Decolonize the beauty. And then for, and all these other potential, just being in community. Uh, I mean, there's something that really like, you know, using deck after deck and seeing angels only always portrayed by white bodied people. I was like, well, is there no space for, like, I'm not in this deck, so this wisdom can't be for me, right? right. It's like, well, no, that's not true. Um, angels can also look other ways. Mermaids can also look other ways. There's two mermaids in this particular deck. Um, there, are, there are many more mermaids in African mythologies. And then for people who are not Black, I believe that this deck offers healing in terms of um, the the opportunity to create new neural pathways, right? It's a, it's a, it's a chance to think differently about the black body. It's a chance to really confront um, the internalized supremacy that many people are walking around with. It's a chance to shift 
take the shifts that happen by using the deck and actually take those shifts to your communities, to place where I don't necessarily have access. You know, it's your children, your aunts, your parents, like all of those people that um, in communities that we just don't necessarily have a, a, a daily access to. That's why this deck is important. That's why it's important for you to get these deck, this deck in your hand. I think that racial reconciliation and, um, which is, you know, this ideal that I think many people are striving for, but it's difficult. And so this is a way, I'm not saying it's the only way, but this is a way of making the world safer for Black people. And that doesn't just happen by Black people behaving in a certain way. That happens also by non-Black people, um, you know, becoming aware of their reactions when Black people in the walk in the room or when they see them crossing the street or... Um, you know, it, it it happens by beginning to become aware of our thoughts, right, about Black body people. The things that we would never say out loud, but it certainly ran through my head, right? Yeah. I think that's what this deck is doing. And when we start to think about, to see the richness and the resource and the diversity in this deck that I think reflects the diversity and the richness and the resource and the continent of Africa, like when we start thinking about Africa differently, you know, it's not the heart of darkness. When we start thinking about Africa differently, we then start thinking about African-Americans in, in our case, or African or Afro-Canadians or Afro, um, you know, Latinos, Africans in the diaspora, we start thinking about them differently as well. And that's what's going to make the world safer for Black people. Absolutely. And I, I feel that opening is immediate when I, I touch the stack, when I open the stack, just immediate welcoming uh, and curiosity and wonder and love coming from the stack. Bringing me I love in. It. Um, so uh, I, I just can't wait to explore more of these. You know, I drew a few to um, for this call and for uh, welcoming the deck and ones that I was drawn to. I found the two mermaids and pulled them out because <laughs> I love mermaids. Um, and, you know, I can't wait to discover more and further. So uh, for many people, this is uh, a deck that can welcome an ancestral connection. And you lay out in your guidebook the, these three different types of ancestors that we can have. We've got the blood ancestors, we've got the milk ancestors, and we've got the spirit ancestors. Uh, can you tell us more about those three and and how they can be accessed through this deck? Sure, absolutely. So I believe that there are three kinds of ancestors and this is not my conception. I, I've read about this in a few places, right. but there's bloodline, milk line, spirit line. And, and I believe there are also other lines, like we can always create other lines, <laughs> um, but those are the three main ones. And so blood is just what it sounds as people who are related to you by blood. These are your genetic ancestors, right? You're, you can actually draw a line through your mother's line or your father's line and say, okay, that is my great, great, great grandfather because that person beget that person beget that person beget that person. And now I'm here. Um, your milk line are ancestors who you may have come in contact during your lifetime or not, who are caring for you. They're offering you some kind of um, comfort, guidance, support. Uh, the example I like to give is in my academic lineage, for example, I, my advisor is Alan Roberts. His advisor was Victor Turner, who wrote about rites of passage in actually in some places in Africa. And then his, his advisor was Arnold Van Gennep. Um, it's problematic that these are three white men for, for another reason, but that is my academic mature, uh, milk line, right? That's the clearest example I can give you. 
And then your, oh, and I, well, I'll say the spirit line, then I'll go back to the milk line. So the spirit line are energies, essences, elements that are with you and and that are maybe walk with you and guide you. Like some people have relationship with the trees. Some people have relationship with water or air or fire. I believe all of those um, are stars. You know, when you have a special relationship with, and you get to define special, but when you have a special relationship with elements, energies, those are your spirit line um, ancestors. And so how this relates to the deck is that I consider the black goddesses to be my milk line ancestors. These are ancestors that are giving me guidance or uh, providing protection. They're taking care of me. Uh, maybe not unlike my bloodline ancestors. They're just not of my bloodline. Right. Necessarily. Maybe some of them are. I mean, they're deities. Right. So in theory, they're not necessarily. Um, although there are a couple in the deck that are human at one point and then become goddesses. So, you know. It's it, the rule mostly works. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, the, I think that this can be a healing entry point for people who ha maybe had their ancestor line broken at some point. hundred percent. You know, they just don't know where it goes, where it went. And, uh, and that's often due to trauma or all kinds of different reasons, but um but this is a place for people to come, I'm sure, to find healing and connection with these loving and, and challenging and uh, artistic faces looking right back at them. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, do you use a process of like active imagination with these goddesses? Do, do you enter into dialogues with them? Or since you've met the kind of the real women who, you know, are or have a relationship with them in the cards, where do they go from here in the imaginative realm when you work with the the images, the, the cards themselves? Well, I will tell you in the production of the cards and, and of the guidebook, it was, you know, in some respects, a fairly academic process. Like I was very, there's a lot, of, I have a lot of integrity around research. Um, and did my due diligence, you know, which is why the God that everyone says is a goddess, but is really a God is not in this deck. Right. Um, and then it was like, once my brain is satisfied at some point, like I can just put that down and really make a lot of space for the channeling and for their energies and for their voice. And I would say that much of this deck is not me at all writing. It's them, but they're using my body to write, but it's really their words, their wisdom, their energy. And sometimes I would look up from writing and read and be like, whoa, I mean, I was sitting here, I was typing, but I did not see those words coming, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if that's the question you're asking, but they definitely are here. I mean, I don't know that this is something I would have chosen, you know, seven or eight years ago. I feel like this was an ancestrally um, directed uh, mandate. They're like, this is, this is the work you're doing. I was like, okay, you know. Um, but no, no, really, this is the work that you are doing. And so, you know, I have a daily practice of pulling. I, I'm a real big fan of the one card pull, yeah. right? I, I pull a card every day. Um, and there's so much wisdom and thought-provoking questions and um, different ways of knowing and different ways of being that is embedded in the wisdom in this deck and in the images that it's 
you know, I, I get why people go to church, right? And why they go to church every week. It's like they need that refueling every week because they're out here fighting in the world with, you know, all the people who aren't thinking like them. And it's the same thing with this deck. Like I, excuse me, I, I get to see a beautiful image. I get to be um, seduced by the backgrounds, right? All this, um, all the work and all the layers and the, and the actual images. And then I let I get to let their wisdom and their magic and their energy like really enter my body. This is something I say often in the the um, the activations that we do around this deck. Like this isn't an intellectual process, right? This is about you letting the energy in, inviting it in, really, not just letting it in, but inviting it in, and then letting it work on you. It's like I can ask you all the questions in the world. I never want you to actually journal about it. I mean, sure, you can journal if you want to, but like that's not the point, right? Like the point is to really let the energy sit in you and let it move and let it get into your sails and your fingertips and your toenails. And then when you interact with people to observe the difference, right? To observe the difference when you have the discernment of the the, the wisdom of these black goddesses, like in, in body, like when you're when it's inside of your body, it's very different. Wow. I'm really not sure I answered your question. No, no, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a more embodied experience and and at maybe one of the shadow sides of the active imagination is it can kind of be a little cerebral, but to really bring it in and live it, that is, um, that's- To me, it's the most revolutionary thing you can do. Like colonialism <laughs> has separated us from our feelings, right? It's writing over feeling and it's thinking over emotion. And so if we can feel and emote and, and connect through the black goddesses through feeling and emotion, it's like, and, and our day starts with that, that means everything is different. And, and the way that you go about your day is one step toward decolonizing. Mm, wow. This is such powerful. I could just yeah. doing this in the morning, that one card draw, and really practicing that. Um, amazing. Uh, so I, can I just say one more thing? Like well, I, I, cause I really don't like to center decolonizing cause I think that centers the colonizing. I want to say that it's a step closer to joy and it's a step closer to liberation. That's why that's why I like to leave that point. Like joy and liberation is what we're going for here. Yeah, and and what I noticed from you know reading about your your spreads too, and and the way that you've worked with clients through some of the spreads, because you get real examples in there, which I love, uh, is that you know it's a practical and lived experience of transformation. So there's you know the person has the spread. Uh, I was looking at the actually you have a spread for the the blood line, the milk line, spirit line of ancestors. Um, and you were working with a woman or you give an example of a woman who was struggling with sleep. Mm. Right. And, and, and the, the way that she interacts with the goddesses and building a, you know, building an actual sleep altar, and then going to bed a little bit earlier to welcome um, them, the ancestors into the dreams and really work, you know, having practical steps with, uh, all of this work that really show that you're serious and welcomes them in yeah, so that you can see the change at the end of it. So I, I really appreciated the, the tactile and real description of change that you offer. Cause I think a lot of books, a lot of tarot tends to be like, here's the spread, you know, right? <laughs> and you're going to draw these cards and, you know, best of luck to you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So no, I, again, well, it's, it's accessible. Like you have to understand how it's going to work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Okay. I, I really appreciated how that was, that was painted out in detail uh, in this, um, in the book 
to introduce the cards. Um, so yeah, I mean, tell, tell me more about, uh, your divination work. And so, um, I know we, sh we share a teacher, we know of Maladoma Somme and, um, I've received a couple divinations from him and you've done his whole year long training, right? Uh, so reading the shells. And so I'm curious about that process and how it relates or differs or complements work with Oracle cards in particular. Well, that's really interesting. Um, I mean, certainly they're both forms of divination. Um, I was honored. I think I was the last cohort that he taught, the last class that he taught before he passed away. Um, and during COVID, you know, flew out to Colorado four times, um, had monthly meetings and, you know, did all the collecting and creating of the, the mat and the kit. And I mean, I would say they're different. First of all, like you, I've had readings with Maladoma. That's where I started my sort of journey with him, um, some years ago, I think maybe like eight years ago. Um, and it's that particular kind of cowrie cell divination, which is distinct from the Yorba one, the 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 Dilogun and the 16 cowries, there's another word for it too, um, which is also a cowrie shell divination. This this is not that system. Um, it's distinct. It has a lot of other pieces that are involved and there's a lot of the, I mean, divination is, divination is basically like the process of talking to God, right? Or talking to your ancestors. And so, it's just a tool. So I think the deck is a tool, like uh, the the cowrie shell kit is a tool from the Dagara people, um, which is where Maladoma was from. Right. I, what do I wanna say about this? They are different. I feel like, I mean, you you come to both of them, you come to the mat, you ask a question, you know, and then you're, you use the tool to get an answer. The cowrie shell divination probably gives you a lot more information because there's a lot more pieces, right? And it's you're telling, and the way that they constellate on the map is, and the mat is how the story it comes together. Um, it also takes a lot more time than like a single card pool, for example. Um, it also it represents one system from one particular people in Burkina Faso, whereas this deck is representing goddesses from I think it's like 23 countries. Um, I should count. <laughs> I think I think it's you know it's, it's a lot of countries. There are twenty nine goddesses. There's a couple of repeat countries. So I but I think it's twenty twenty three countries. Um, so that, that's it's different in that way. But I would say in the main purpose and and the, I, I believe that the cowrie shell divination is explicitly connecting you to your ancestors. You know they're they're speaking through the mat and but. Almost in every entry in this card deck in the in the guidebook, you know, it's like the, if the ancestors are if you're pulling this card, the ancestors are inviting you to dot dot dot. So it's also ancestral in that way. Um, I believe you can also. I like to start a, the bigger carry shell reading with a single card pull. Um, I do believe sometimes though it's like a lot of information, right? It's like I can you. I, I don't know if you think that you can be. Um, over divined, you know, it's like how much person, how much information can one person take in a, in a sitting? And right. so I personally find that I have to be careful with that. And it really depends on what the person is coming to, well, coming with rather. Um, I will say another commonality that I find in divination systems, no matter which ones I've tried, is that when people come to the mat with a question, it's almost never the question they really want to answer. They, they really want the answer to. So you have to like, you know, spend some time and get under 
You know, I think there's there's healing even just in coming to the mat and getting clarity on what you really want to know. Yes. Right. And so in the question is a start to getting to the real questions. <laughs> yeah. And starting that process, just being able to ask for help. Yeah. Somebody, I always feel like it's half the battle, like all of that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the interesting story about me and this divination is so we got the training in like 2020 and 2021, I think. Um it might've been 21, 20, no, it was 20 and 21. Um, is that in 2006, I went to Burkina Faso for like an African drum and dance stage, an internship basically, which sounds funny in English, but it makes sense in French. And I was there for maybe 10 days. The next summer I went back for seven weeks to Burkina Faso, um, developed friendships with some Burkinabe people who were actually here in Los Angeles as well. And then I was, you know, some years later had my first reading with Maladoma and then ended up having this whole year long process with him. And earlier this year, perhaps might've been late last year, I discovered that my father's lineage actually comes from Burkina Faso, wow. right? It comes from the people next to, in the, the village next to his village. My dad's people come from the Bisa people and um, Maladoma's from the Dagara people, but they're literally neighbors, wow. right? And so like, it's been calling to me, you know, people always ask me where to start. Like, well, I, I'm new to this. How do I start my ancestral journey or how do I start my spiritual journey? And I really suggest that people um, start with the thing they love. So for me, you know, the African, the West African drumming and dancing got me to Burkina. I actually was in Senegal and sort of took a side trip to Burkina. Um, when I found that this thing was happening, I was like, oh, I have to go study with, you know, this Jimbe Fola, this mastered uh, Jimbe drummer uh, in Burkina. And so I, you know, start with the thing you love. If you love music or dance, start with the music and dance traditions of the lineage that you're interested in and in, in knowing more about. If you like herbs and plant medicine, start with the plant medicine of the lineage that you're interested in, right? And this is not just black people, this is everybody, right? Everybody has ancestors. That's the thing I want people to walk away with. Like there is no, <clears throat> I feel like in some spiritual spaces, there's like a monopoly on access to ancestors and it's crap. Like everybody has ancestors, right? You have a right to be in community and relationship with your ancestors and a, a good place to start. Like if you're into visual arts, start with the visual art traditions of one of the lineages that you're interested in. And I say one of, because most of us have many, yeah. you know, and they're, and they're distinct, right? Um, so start with one, don't get, don't get, because uh, it can, it can become quickly overwhelming. So start with the thing that resonates with you because you are part of who they are. So it might also resonate with them. Excuse me. Yeah. And then do some, do a little research in that, uh, in that domain, but further back in your lineage and see what that's, I find it, it's a great place to start. So I was doing that, even though I didn't know I was doing it. <laughs> just called you back. I just it did. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I, I received two divinations from Maladoma and I really wanted to go on one of his you know, ventures back to Burkina Faso, but uh, didn't get a didn't get a chance to do it, and didn't I didn't feel like it called in my path to do the cowrie shell divination, but uh, but I really appreciated re receiving from him and seeing how the art of that worked. Yeah, um, and he gave me great guidance on how to work with my own legacy, my own ancestral. Uh, gift that came from my father so you know an incredible person and um wonderful to meet someone someone who got to learn with him and um and to 
be on your own quest here, your own path with these, this beautiful deck. So tell us what's next for you. And I know you're going on tour with this deck and you're uh, doing lots of talks. You're, you're building community uh, in the world. Uh, just let us know what, where we can see you. I love it. Well, we're just now starting to uh, plan the tour. I just got actually got off with my booker earlier today. Uh, we have 20 cities planned. I'm open to more cities. If you know of a bookstore or a coffee shop that you know builds community or a museum or a university where we can come in and talk about the black goddesses or belonging, um, ancestral healing, um, you know, anything or any permutation thereof, racial reconciliation, spirituality, you know, cultural appropriation and spiritual spaces, all of that. I'm, I'm willing or, or if you're interested in having a workshop specifically about the black goddesses, we have all kinds of activations already ready to go. Um, I'm definitely looking for partners in that arena. And our next project, actually, we have we have just started is the black god deck. So we are now creating um, I want a fellowship from the state of California called the, let's see if I can remember, the California Creative Corps Artist and Culture Bearer Fellowship. I was named a culture bearer by the state of California. And my project is to create the Black God deck. So it's really interesting, like on the heels of this, there was such a big gap between the first deck and this deck. And now there's like no gap between the second deck and the third deck. Um, but so I don't know when it will be finished, but that's what my project is for the next six months, the, the top of the year. And so it really comes full circle. Full circle. Your your son and all those considerations um, have are being channeled into the latest iteration, the next deck. I'm so excited and would love to see you again. And maybe you'll be in San Francisco. I'm over here in the Bay Area. I'm definitely coming to Oakland. So San Fran is not far. Let's yeah, do it. That's right. I love it. Place. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I'm, and I'd love to stay in touch and, and see where where you go next. Thank you so much, Indira. This has been absolutely wonderful. I appreciate it.